Well, good morning. My name is Steve, if you don't know me, and I just want to welcome you, whether you're watching online or if you're here in person. You know, there's something that I like to do every single Easter, and that is to say, he is risen, and then you say, he is risen indeed. So let's do that. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. One more time. He is risen. Man, I love Easter. And what is Easter? If you don't know, it's the celebration that Jesus died and three days later he rose again. It is the great cup. It is the Super Bowl of Christianity because of what Jesus did. And man, when we can hear stories of changed lives because of what Jesus did, that's what Easter is all about. That's why we come. That's why we celebrate. That's why you see baptisms. And then right in the baptism, you actually see the entire gospel. You go underwater, a sinner, and you come up raised again with Christ, a new creation. What a beautiful picture. Today we're going to be talking about roads. Roads lead us in a direction. The first road that I want to talk about is the road to disappointment. The second road is the road to hope. And then the third road is to encountering Jesus. So the question I want to ask is, what road are you on? What's your journey like? When my kids were younger, we do this trip from, you know, BC to Alberta once in a while because my brother's from there. And so we, you know, we pack up the minivan to the roof. We kind of get all the things that we need and we make the trek. And about six or seven years ago, my kids have never done that drive. And I remember watching them outside the window, seeing the Rocky Mountains seeing elk, seeing mountain sheep for the very first time. You know, they would get their Costco cameras out, click, click, click. Oh, Dad, look. Click, click. Dad, look. It was pretty incredible. On their way home, there was this road closure. It was between, it was just after Revelstoke. And when we got there, it said... The road was closed in both directions. There was a fatality. You know, you get on the internet, Google, well, how long is this road closure going to be? And everyone was saying it was going to be about eight hours. So, of course, Megan gets out Google Maps and tries to reroute us. <laughs> and she's like, oh, actually, it says there's some kind of route that will take us two hours longer, but we will get home <laughs> earlier. And we don't have to sit and kind of wait to toddlers going, are we there yet? No, we're not. Are we there yet? So we had to make a decision. Do we take this new road? Or do we sit and wait and do nothing? It was also 35 degrees. <laughs> a dark vehicle with toddlers. We decided to take the road. So we do a U-turn, we start traveling, you know, we, we take this right, and it starts out as this gravel road. It, it looks pretty good. 
And then suddenly it turns you to pothole, pothole, bigger potholes. <laughs> then the road goes from gravel to dirt. <laughs> then it goes from single lane, well, double lane to single lane. You start going, and then I'm like, I don't know if this was such a good idea. <laughs> the, the shocks in the van are vibrating. Then suddenly, about 20 minutes in, we started to see traffic coming the other direction on this logging road. We're like, this is weird. <laughs> there was like no one forever. Then it was like one, two, three, hundreds of cars coming the other direction. And then it was just like this dust storm where you cannot see anything. You're not sure around the next bend what should happen. Then the road turns into this cliff on one side and mountain on other. And every single turn, I'm scared that I'm going to fall off this cliff. What we discovered is, is it not only rerouted us, but it rerouted the entire number one highway on this logging road. <laughs> it was scary. You couldn't stop. You had to continue going. Every single turn now was mirror to mirror. The road could not handle all the vehicles. So we just continued. And I was like, man, I was awake. <laughs> I turned around one bend and this motorhome tips over flips. It's spinning its wheels. Other people are hitting the ditch. You cannot see where you're going. And if you stop, you're in an accident. We drive. We drive. And finally, I see another road. <laughs> we pulled up to this A&W, and the guy behind me pulls in right beside. He gets out. He's like, we made it. <laughs> That was crazy. I'll never do that again. So the question is, what road are you on? This is why Easter matters. The story of Easter teaches us that we need to encounter Jesus along our road. We may come to this dead-end road, and we may not know what to do. And around every single corner, there's disappointment, there's sickness, there's brokenheartedness. And we know we can't stop, but we know we need a different road. We need a road that leads to a different destination, a road that leads us with purpose, a road that we know ends well. And that's where the Easter story comes in. When our story, when our road intersects with Jesus, it changes our direction. The first road I want to talk about is the road to disappointment. The road to disappointment. Look with me at Luke 24, 13 to 14. This is what it says. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, and about several miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. So Luke is telling us that there's two disciples walking along this road. They're having this conversation, and we kind of get dropped into this conversation. 
And they're talking about all the things that had happened. They're walking from Jerusalem, a big city, to a smaller village called Emmaus. They name one of the disciples, Cleopas, who I've never heard of, but we don't know the name of the other disciples. In other words, there's many people who were following Jesus, who observed all that he has done. But they seem hopeless. They're talking about that Jesus was killed. His body was missing. The tomb was empty. And they were confused. They were on the road to disappointment. <laughs> Let's keep reading. Verse 15 says this. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? It says they stood there still, looking sad. But notice that Jesus actually shows up in the middle of their conversation. It's like he's eavesdropping. <laughs> hey, what are you guys talking about? Well... Man, this is so disappointing, so confusing. We thought Jesus was someone else. Oh. You, you know, have you ever kind of walked up beside someone and you've heard part of the conversation and you almost want to like, hey, I know the answer. <laughs> I, I know what you should do. I know what decision you should make. And some of those conversations, even, even between our kids, are pretty hilarious. This is one that I read between a mother and a child. The mother says to the child, you don't need books for school. You're in preschool. And the kid says, well, I need something to draw on, Mom. <laughs> right? I'm a doodler. Or a bride has said to us during a wedding, you know, I want a destination wedding. That way half my family won't come and it will be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what they're saying. You know, they're, they're looking sad. Why? Because they're discouraged. And I can see them saying to Jesus, you want to know why? Here's my list. <laughs> Here's all the things that went wrong. And it says this, you know, it's because of Jesus. We thought he was this mighty prophet who taught and did miracles. You know, his ministry was amazing. But they took him and they killed him. People betrayed him. You know, even the women at the tomb are confused. His body is missing. Look, they're disappointed. But here's the thing. Along the road, these disciples know the facts of the gospel, but they don't know the face of the gospel. Along the road, they can collect all the details of why they're disappointed, but they don't see beyond the details of what is really going on. They're focused more on discouragement and despair rather than who is really walking with them. You know, I've seen people who've been walking, who've been glued to their phones, right? And there's some hilarious videos on the internet with the guys who are walking and they just crash into random things. There's this one video where a guy's walking in a mall 
And you can see from the perspective of the security camera, oh, oh, this is bad. And he keeps walking forward, and there's this massive water fountain in front of him. And everyone's like pointing, looking, and he just keeps walking. He's got his earphones in, walking, 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 and boom, straight in the fountain. There's this other video where a guy's walking, and this random bear starts walking in the neighborhood in the city, and he walks right up to the bear, doesn't notice, and when he does, freaks out in shock. But the point is, is that we can be so focused on the wrong thing that we actually miss what is going on all around us. We can miss the big picture. We can miss what God is doing. And the question is, where is our focus today? Is it on the pain? Is it on our problems? Is it on the unknown? When we focus on the wrong thing, our life can feel like the tomb is empty. It can feel like Jesus is dead. We can fall into this belief that we believe life isn't worth living anymore. Because we're focused on the wrong thing. Where we can maybe think that God doesn't actually know what he's doing. And we struggle to see beyond the confusion. We struggle to see beyond our problems. We struggle to see beyond what is going on right here. You know, I don't know if you've watched the news lately, but it's not great. <laughs> you know, many eyes are focused on the next pandemic, political tensions, natural disasters, wildfires, hurricanes, economic turmoil, global tensions. The list goes on and on and on. And when we start to focus on those things... We feel discouraged. <laughs> we feel despair at times. We feel like everything is falling apart. And sometimes we can be so fixated on our disappointment that we can actually miss what God is doing. We can miss what God is doing right there, right in front of us. We can miss that he's actually present in our story as we walk along our road. Our road of confusion. Our road of disappointment. And then Jesus comes and says, hey, you're not alone. I'm with you. You're not alone in your problems. You're not alone in your despair. You're not alone in your pain. And Jesus is saying to trust him rather than your own personal experience. Trust in God and in his word rather than what you perceive is actually happening. He's saying focus on getting glimpses of Jesus on your road when it's hard, when it's difficult, and you don't know what your next step is. Because he's with you. And that leads to the road to hope. The road to hope. Let's keep reading. Verse 29, it says this. So he, as in Jesus, went and stayed with them. 
When he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed them and broke it and gave it to them. But again, notice that Jesus walks with them. He connects with them. He shares a meal. He builds this relationship. He participates in their discussions. He asks questions. Then as they spent time with Jesus, it says in verse 31, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. What does it mean that their eyes were opened? It means that not only humanity was created with physical eyes, it means that we're actually created with spiritual eyes. That when sin came in, our spiritual eyes cannot see God and what he's doing. Is that our hearts, our eyes need to be opened to what God has revealed to us. There's this barrier. And it's not God who actually needs to see things differently. It's us. It's us who needs to be awakened. It's us who needs new life. It's us who needs to see with new eyes what God is doing in our life. Even in the problems. Even in the suffering. And by seeing Jesus, their perspective went from hopeless to hopeful. By recognizing who he really was, their disappointment was flipped upside down. Jesus, it's you. You're alive. And you were here the entire time. He turned the road of despair around. He gave them a new road, a road full of hope, a road full of something better. But their eyes needed to be opened. J.F. Watt has this famous painting entitled Hope. It pictures a woman who is blinded, who can't see. And in her hand, she holds this harp. But notice that all the strings are broken but one. Those broken strings represent those shattered expectations and those bitter disappointments in life. But actually notice that there is one string left. And that string represents hope. And when she strikes that string, this glorious melody floats out of it. It fills her dark skies with light. Hope. And that painting represents that hope that we have in Christ. That one thing that we can always go to when things seem hopeless and painful and hard. So what actually seems hopeless to you right now? Maybe it's because a relationship has ended or things aren't going so well in your marriage or with your family. Or maybe it's because you've been let down by someone, a friend, a parent, a boss, a coworker. Or maybe it's because you've been addicted to sin. 
And day after day, you're like, oh, I need to stop this. But you keep finding yourself in the same situation over and over and over again. And it's bringing you down. It seems hopeless. But you know you need to change. Or maybe the cancer's back. And you don't know a way forward. You don't know how to navigate. You don't know how to have that conversation with the people that you love because your days are numbered. You see the end. Timothy Keller says this. Our hope is not in the absence of suffering and difficulty, but in the presence of God who walks with us through it all. Through it all. Hope is not the absence of problems and heartache. It's the assurance that God is with us, is going to help us in the heartache, in the problems, in the struggle. Hope is what faith is built on, hope in Christ. Hope looks beyond today. It looks to the future. And because of the resurrection, we have a future. A future with no more pain, no more tears, no more sadness. Oh man, I look forward to that day. A future with Christ. And when we look to Christ and we look to what God has done, we find hope. We can walk a different road. We can walk towards him. And so the gospel says, bring your sadness. Bring your problems. Bring your hopelessness. Bring it to Christ. Ask him to fill you with hope. Bring your questions. Bring your problems. Find his hope. Don't rely on your own brokenness to fix things but rely on the one who can redeem your brokenness. That's hope. And it leads us to the last road, to encountering Christ. To encountering Christ. What happened when the disciples encountered Jesus? What happened? The text says their eyes were open, which we talked about. But it also said their hearts were changed. It burned with truth. Then they jumped up and they started to tell everyone about Jesus. Because they could see. And if you keep reading, the other disciples said their minds were opened. Their life changed. Verse 33 says this. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the other 11 and those with them assembled together saying, it's true. The Lord has risen. It's true. Then they told everyone what happened. But how did they find the rest of the disciples? Locked in a room. Mourning. Troubled, disappointed, and doubting. No, 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 it's true. I saw it. We walked with Jesus. He's alive. He's risen. No, he's not. 
tomb is empty. He's dead. No, he's alive. We talked with him. It says Jesus again appeared to the other 11 disciples. And he says this, why are you troubled? Why do your doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. Touch me and see. I've risen. Here's a question. Do you know how many people saw the risen Christ? Do you know how many encounters there were? There's the two women at the tomb. The two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus. The 11 disciples that we just read about and all those who were in the room. Then it also says another 500 people saw the risen Christ. They encountered Jesus. So here's the question. How do we actually know if Jesus rose from the dead? It's a big question. And I think one of the answers is 500 plus people saw the risen Christ and recorded. That's why we have four gospels. People are like, wow, I'm recording this. This is incredible. Many eyewitnesses. But I think the second reason is even more important. It's the transformation that happened in the disciples. The disciples went from hiding and being in despair to publicly telling everyone, completely sold out. You're like, oh, we got it now. <laughs> he is who he says he is. I got to tell the world. They went from cowards and hopeless people to people who are willing to die for their faith. People don't just die for their faith unless they really know Christ. Peter goes from this weak person who runs from the arrest of Jesus. Oh no, I'm gonna die. To a person who says, well man, crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy. And by the year 300 AD, did you know that 51% of the Roman Empire became Christian? Why? Because people encountered Jesus. And once you encounter Jesus, you want nothing else. Because it changes you. You realize that there's nothing else worth living for. So how do you know if you've encountered Christ? One of the marks is, is, is a changed heart. And the irony is, all the disciples had, you know, the open tomb. They've had angels talk to them. There was witnesses. They had the scriptures. But it wasn't enough. They needed a transformed heart. They needed their spiritual eyes to be open to what God was doing. They needed to see beyond themselves. Their circumstances, their disappointments. They go, oh, I see. I know what God is doing. Oh, man, I want to be a part of that. And 
what Jesus does is he changes our hard, cold heart to a softened heart that loves him, that wants him, that desires him, that communes with him and connects with him in a way that we like, oh man, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me when I'm unlovable. Because you loved me, I can love others. <laughs> Even when they don't deserve love, oh, thank you, Jesus, for changing my heart. And our cold, hard, self-centered hearts become God-centered and others-centered. That's what happens when we encounter Christ. And just like the disciples on the Emmaus Road, does your heart burn for God? And maybe you don't even understand it all, but are you drawn towards him? Is he speaking to you even right now that you know you need to change? You know that you need him. You know the life that you're living is a dead-end road. Henry Blackaby says this. Likewise, the power of the resurrection is what the Father does in you when you die to self and choose to live in Christ. You die, and the Father, Father resurrects. He does not resurrect you to be a better life, but to a new life. Not a better life. Not a life where all your problems just go away and life's easy. No, to a new life where that matters less. <laughs> because you have this hope, this future hope. And you realize that everything in this life is going to be gone anyways. You realize that you're going to die. Every road leads to death. And the question is, after you die, where will you be? Second Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And what he's saying is, when you know Christ, when you encounter Christ, you become this new creation because of what he did. All your sins, all your heartache, all your problems, that's the old life. But you become new in God's life. Oh, in this life, you're still going to have trouble. You're still going to have problems. It's not going to be perfect, but you're going to be slowly become more and more like Christ. But ultimately, he views you. He views you as this new creation. And Easter is this picture of hope, transformation, and this new life that we can experience. And Easter reminds us that we too can encounter Jesus, no matter what road we're on, if we're hopeless, if we're in despair, whatever it is, man, we can turn to Christ. We can find a new road because he makes a new way for us. But it starts when you encounter Jesus. It starts when you have a relationship with him, the Bible says. When you go, okay, God, I get it. I see. I want you. 
I'm yours. I just want to close with this. You know, it's not just scripture that tells us about the resurrection, but it's also creation. Joe Deegan says this, this is why we see a caterpillar bury itself in a cocoon and come out as a butterfly. You know, why does an acorn go into the ground and come out as an oak tree? Why does the sun disappear before the horizon each day and reappear each following day, spreading warmth and light in the darkness? Why is it that a baby is born into this world, but it must emerge from the depths of the womb? And all these examples are of new life. Right in creation. We see it everywhere. Because when we encounter Jesus, we're transformed. Our past failures, our mistakes are forgiven. And we're given this new identity, this new purpose, this new life in him. Because of the death and resurrection. It's because our road can intersect with the resurrection power of Christ. But it's not just in creation. It's not just in God's word. It's also in this room. That there's stories of what God is doing. Stories of where we, people have encountered Jesus and their life has been changed. We grabbed a few of those stories for you on video. We're going to watch them now. So I grew up in like a Christian home, grew up in the church. Uh, everybody always saying, hey, Jesus loves you. And you know, like, as you're a kid, that's awesome. And then kind of become numb to it as you get older from hearing it so often. Uh, but really, uh, I've come to realize that what really made a huge change in my life was when somebody says, Jesus loves you, what they're really saying is Jesus was beaten, tortured, and hung on a cross because he loves you, just so that you could have a personal relationship with him and God. And that just made a whole big difference in my life. My mom was a drug addict and my dad was an alcoholic, and they chose that lifestyle over me and my sister and I encountered Christ and found a new family. I was very close to suicide. I would never kill myself, but I thought about it a lot every day mm. until I got hooked up with, Dr. Morrison hooked me up with hospice and hospice hooked me up with Erwin. He came and visited, he explained things, he prayed and prayed with me. He brought me to church and he got me baptized. And I never felt so, yeah, I've had some bad days since that. This moment? Yeah. He's in my life. He's alive. And he's so happy for me. He's happy that I'm not at home laying on the couch. Oh, I feel like I'm in a safety zone. Hi, my name is Brett, and I've struggled with addiction since I was the age of 16. I used to believe that I was unlovable and not worth it, and no one was the outcast and God loves me where I was at and he never forsaken me or left me you know just I'm so grateful for that I'm just gonna want to say like that the closer I am to God the further I am from that mm -hmm. darkness and the, the more I spend time with others in Christ and like-minded and community and surround myself with believers the more I feel like I'm okay I'm mm -hmm. safe place um 
Jesus has been um, helping me in my fear. He's with me in the storm. And um, when, I, when I was in difficult situations where I was super afraid, he told me to just let go, take my hands off the situation and let him fight for me. And that um, I'm learning to not lean on my own understanding, but remember that he, he has a plan and his plan is way greater than mine. And he's a God that can move mountains and he's, he's just so good. <laughs> I'm going to call our prayer teams forward, and if you need prayer, oh man, please come. Um, but I think the bigger question is, is what road are you on? Have you encountered Christ? So I just want to give you a moment to talk to God. And if you're like in your heart, you're like, oh man, I know I need Christ. Pray with me right now. Take that step. Take that U-turn from the life that you're on, that road that you're on. Turn towards Christ and encounter him. Ask him to open your eyes, to open your mind to what he's doing in your life, even if you're confused and don't understand it. Pray with me now. God, thank you that you are a life-changing God. God, I admit that I need you right now. And I believe that you died on the cross and three days later, later resurrected. God, I commit my life to you. I surrender. I call you King and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you want prayer with anyone on the right or the left, please come and talk to me or talk to the person that brought you. Man, that's a big step. And I pray that your life would be changed by Christ. Let's stand together and continue worshiping.